Hear the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. Welcome to The Art of Significance with your host, Hall of Fame speaker, New York Times bestselling author, university professor, gold record songwriter, and award-winning athlete, Dan Clark. Get ready for engaging discussions with some of the most influential people in the world who will impart their wisdom, stories, and inspiration on why and how to achieve the level beyond success. Now here's your host, Dan Clark. How are you, Clark Nation? Welcome back. The week goes by so fast, and I just want to remind everybody that obviously these live shows on Tuesday are rebroadcast uh, somewhere between 10 and 13 times during the week, so you can catch them in a different cycle, a time, time zone cycle to suit your, but obviously they're podcast recordings and you can get them on demand. I'd hope that you would continuously share them with your friends. Analytics, a couple of weeks ago, we had uh, listeners in from 18 different countries and that starts to expand and explode. And I appreciate that. And the reason why it's not arrogance, it's my desire to make a difference Uh, so that I don't die with my music still in me. Obviously, this is the influencer's channel, and I take that challenge from owner and producer and amazing human being Jeff Spinard very, very seriously. He has literally influenced and created internet radio from the very first day, and to see the legacy that he leaves behind on a weekly basis from all of his channels at voiceamerica.com, It's an honor to team up with this man, this visionary, this icon in media, and and accept his challenge to rise to the occasion and do whatever we can do. I want to issue a public challenge out there. Anyone who feels like they want to participate with us in a sponsorship package, an advertisement sponsorship package, uh, it's an application process. Obviously, we're very selective in who we decide to team up with on our show. But because our numbers are ever increasing and because our exposure is starting to expand the globe and we have so many people from the military now tuning in and I just want to give a shout out to our military men and women in uniform. We love you. We honor you. And thanks for uh, being willing to serve and sacrifice all if possible, if necessary, so that we may take our freedom of speech and our freedoms uh, that we never take them for granted, that we take them seriously so that we don't die with our music still in us. You know, I love to laugh, and life is a story. And today's guests, they have incredible stories. Yes, I'll set it up as I usually do for the two hours that we spend together, but the first guest is going to blow your mind because one of the most important questions that I need to ask our guest that all of us wonder, and if I could be your spokesperson as the the host, I want to know why the movie theaters, decade after decade, year after year, still seem to feature a brand new Western, an epic movie about the wild west about the simple life and obviously my next guest my first guest is oscar award-winning keith merrill 
who's a writer, producer, and director, and has been called the great American filmmaker. He's a member of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences and the Directors Guild of America. And he's a two-time Oscar nominee and winner of the Academy Award for his film, The Great American Cowboy. He's going to teach us and tell us about the art of storytelling, the significance of putting a musical score just to the silent screen and how it changes our perspective and how it ignites our emotion. And perhaps you as a listener can amalgamate that into your everyday thought process and behavior to make your relationships come more alive and to bring about more passion, creativity, and imagination in everything that you do. I can't wait to to interview Keith Merrill. My next guest is going to be a great friend, Jeannie Sisko-Meth, and she specializes in the anti-bullying realm and niche of our school systems right now, dedicating her life and her time and her talents and her resources to do everything in her power to curb this bullying, this internet bullying, this in-classroom, on the playground, in the park, in the, in the school bullying that's, that's really lashing out at our, at our teenagers especially. So let me just get right down to it and just see if I can make you laugh a little bit about storytelling and use the power of stories to make us smile and think. A couple was having a tough time getting pregnant when an old timer told them that the secret to long life and fertility is to sprinkle a little gunpowder on your breakfast cereal every morning and all would be well. (laughs) Sure enough, as he grew older and finally died at 95 years old, he left 12 children, 24 grandchildren, 30 great-grandchildren, and a 17-foot hole in the wall of the crematorium. (laughs) I think that's funny. And I know it's completely irrelevant to anything we're talking about. But because we're going to talk about stories today, the art of storytelling, and talk to Jeannie Sisko-Meth about her story growing up with all kinds of learning disabilities, and how she was able to overcome the bullying in her life to rise to the occasion to be a great author now and a great public speaker and a great servant to our teenagers and our school children across our country. Think about the significance of a story. And, you know, maybe we can talk about another story to show us how we can make it relevant to our world, which takes me back to Keith Merrill, the movie maker. How in the world, in the 21st century, when we've put a man on the moon, when we've already gone through the, the science fiction phenomenas and continually put them on the big screen with the Star Wars epic uh, trilogies and everything else that comes from Transformer-like movies, how in the world does the simple life of a Western cowboy still resonate with us. I believe it's because the movie makers make it relevant to us. They make the messages relevant. 
like this story. A little boy goes to his father and asks, Daddy, how was I born? (laughs) The father answers, well, son, I guess one day you will need to find out anyway. Your mom and I first got together in a chat room on Yahoo. Then I set up a date via email with your mom and we met at a cyber cafe. We sneaked into a secluded room and Googled each other. (laughs) There your mother agreed to a download from my hard drive. As soon as I was ready to upload, we discovered that neither one of us had used a firewall. And since it was too late to hit the delete button, nine months later, a little pop-up appeared that said, you've got mail. (laughs) Yes, our conversations need to be relevant. And because I'm going to have the extraordinary movie maker, Keith Merrill, as my first guest, let's keep laughing a little bit. I saw a cowboy's tombstone that read, it's important to have a woman who helps at home, cooks from time to time, cleans up and has a job to help pay the bills. It's important to have a woman who can make you laugh. It's important to have a woman you can trust who never lies to you. It's important to have a woman who is good in bed and loves to be with you. It's very, very important that these four women do not know each other or you could end up dead like me. (laughs) Cowboy humor, I think it's pretty amusing. One of the things that I want to say before we go to the first commercial break and then tune into our first guest is the significance of, of experiences that resonate with us. When we turn on the 10 o'clock news, with all due respect to our newsmakers, we don't remember the facts and figures. We remember the interpretation of the facts and figures. For those of you who've been tuned in from the very beginning of my show several months ago, you realize that, and we will continue in the future, that I had so many Grammy award-winning songwriters on my show who first talked to us about their lives and how they discovered that they had this passion, creativity, and imagination burning in their bosom, that they became a songwriter because it was just meant to be. And then they shared the stories behind the songs and validated Trisha Yearwood's famous melody, The Song Remembers When. Well, my question to you is, why do we remember the stories and we don't remember the facts and figures? It's the same reason why we enjoy movies And when we watch the right movie at the right time for the right reason with the right person or people, it's a a known fact that that movie truly can change our lives forever. Simply because of the way the story is told, simply because we understand how that story uh, was put together And the process uh, that we go through as listeners, as viewers of that movie that accommodates the creativity and the process, the step-by-step process that the movie makers make. Does that make sense? In other words, the order of the material presented matters. The conversations in the movie and the dialogue created by the writers, it all matters because what it does is it takes us from where we are to where we want to be 
and it allows the movie maker to actually tell this magnificent story that resonates with our souls. As a writer, one of my greatest honors was to be on a panel with Steven Spielberg and Matt Damon's mother at a writer's conference. And in the audience, as we sat on a panel and each of us had had our keynote speech, speaking time, somebody asked Steven Spielberg, they said, you must receive hundreds and hundreds of film scores and treatments every single week. How do you decide which movies you're going to make? And without skipping a beat, Steven Spielberg said, I only make the movies that I want to go see. <laughs> and he just giggled like a little kid when he described the process of making E.T. And in the process of making E.T., aside from the script, aside from the called upon scenes, he said, well, let's make his head go up. What would happen if we wrote in here where his finger lights up and he, he, he illuminates the heart and oh my gosh, let's get the, uh, let's, let's get the animators and, and, and the mechanical folks involved in making him walk or how can we do this and make movie magic? You think about the movie Steven Spielberg has made and the impact that so many of them have had on our lives, how he made dinosaurs come to life, having that Velociraptor chase the folks in the movie Jurassic Park through the kitchen, and how Schindler's List touched our hearts and taught us a historical truth about the horrific Holocaust, and yet he put it into a movie, he put it into a story with dialogue and relationships that made the Holocaust come alive for each of us. Again, we don't remember the facts and figures, the millions of lives lost in the Holocaust, put to death by Hitler and his corrupt Nazis. What we do remember, though, is the movie Schindler's List. What we do remember is as Sergeant Ryan's. What we do remember is the, 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 the documentaries that we see that actually make these historical events come alive and matter to us in our lives. I'm only babbling about this, my friends, because we have to believe that as we wake up each morning, we are the writers of our lives. And we are the producers, we're the directors. We can make our lives and include the ending that we choose, make our lives everything that we need them to be. And we can change the outcome of a story simply by changing what we do right now. I remember being uh, in a theater and having the scene go to a place that no one really wanted to go to because it was emotional, it was tear-jerking, it was violent. And yet through that two or three minute experience in the theater, I walked out and I've never, ever been the same. I guarantee that there is a power in every story. And what we must do is start learning the lessons from each of us from our own life experience. I remember when I was in college and my first roommate shows up and we were both reporting to the coach's office and he had not chosen me and I had not chosen him as most people do when they go away to college. As athletes, we were just stuck with each other and we were late. He was late. We were walking across campus to check into our dorms and 
Turns out he was a quiet soul, and I was very vocal. And I said, my gosh, I can't believe it. We're late. That means we're going to get the last choice of the dorm dorm rooms. It's going to be some small little squishy space that we have to share together. And this is such a drag. And as we walked into our room, it turns out it was on the third floor of Van Cott Hall, and it was a corner room trimmed in oak, the largest room on the floor across the hall from the R resident advisor, the RA. And as I walked in, I said, whoa, having been complaining the entire walk across campus, I said, whoa, and my roommate The first things out of his mouth, he said, and trust me, he was a big, strong, soft-spoken cowboy from Idaho, had a huge smile and was always polite and did not speak much. And when I first met him, I asked, what's your name? He said, Blaine. Five minutes later of silence, I said, where are you from? He said, Idaho. Five minutes of silence later, I asked, Do you live in the city or the country? He said, country. Five minutes of silence later, I asked, what is your major? He said, communications. Yeah, Blaine was a man of few words, but when he did speak, it was always deep and profound. And in the first seven days together, Blaine taught me everything I need to know to succeed for the rest of my life. And it began that first day when we walked into our room and I had been complaining and only could say, whoa, and what does he say in his cowboy country humorous wisdom? Yep. The, uh, the, 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 the first word, I can't even remember what he said. <laughs> That's funny. But day one, we were checking into our room and uh, I said, I never get a break. And he he said, early bird gets the worm, but the second mouse gets the cheese. Yeah, I did remember. Day two, I had an old car with squeaky brakes. I asked Blaine if he knew anything about the cars, and that afternoon he jacked up my car and took off a wheel. He quickly checked it and put it back on. He then opened the hood and fiddled around for a minute. Dumbfounded, I asked him what the heck he was doing. And he simply replied, you got to do whatever you can do. I couldn't repair your brakes, so I just made your horn louder. Yeah, that's funny stuff. Dan Clark, voiceamerica.com. Let's go to commercial break. And when we come back... I'll have the privilege of a lifetime to interview the famous Keith Merrill, who's known as the great American filmmaker, Academy Award winner, specializing in Westerns, which is my favorite genre of movies. Don't go anywhere. Commercial break, and we'll be back in a moment. the stories be motivated be inspired join us today voice america influencers i just got out of a meeting where the unbelievable dan clark was the keynote speaker he is clearly the most interesting man in the world he's been into space he reminded us to think bigger He's a primary contributor to those chicken soup books and he inspired all of us to make our lives matter 
He taught us how to deal with change like he had to when he had to recover from a paralyzing football injury. Everybody needs to hear his message on leadership and safety and how he turns last place NFL teams into Super Bowl champions. Call this number, 1-800-676-1121 and visit danclark.com. I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists using the best, freshest, gluten-free ingredients. The best part is the menu is always new and fresh, just like the food, and it only takes three minutes for me to prepare breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and there's no messy cleanup and no dishes. My family loves the choices and the taste and freshly delivers to my home and my office so I eat healthy all day, every day. If you're tired of the same old cardboard delivery and takeout, try out Freshly.com today and save $20 on your first order using coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Your taste buds and your scale will thank you. So save 20 bucks today with coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America Business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You're listening to The Art of Significance, featuring your host, Dan Clark. If you want to join in on this week's discussion, give us a call at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop down a line via email to danclark at xmission.com. Now back to the Art of Significance. Here again is Dan Clark. Welcome back. And as I said at the beginning of the show, my first guest is Oscar award-winning Mr. Keith Merrill who's a writer, producer, and director, and has been called the Great American Filmmaker. Whoa! He's a member of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences and Directors Guild of America. Mr. Merrill is a two-time Oscar nominee and winner of the Academy Award for his film, The Great American Cowboy. Whoa! Two of his films have been listed in the top 100 independent films of all time. The Evolution of Thomas Hall is his first novel, and he and his wife Dagny are the parents of eight children and live in the Sierra foothills of Northern California's Gold Coast. You know, the Emmys were just on television, and I'm fascinated and had a couple of friends finally win after several nominations. And Keith Merrill's series, The Wild West, was nominated for an Emmy in 1993 and he won several Western Heritage Awards for his documentaries that focus on the Old West and the Alamo. I love San Antonio. I can't wait to talk to you. Welcome to my show, Mr. Merrill, Your Majesty. (laughs) You're way too kind. Thank you very much. What a delight to be on. Thank you for the invitation. No, I'm telling you, I've had the, the rare 
opportunity to visit Petaluma as a speaker, as a public speaker, and visit the, the, the Skywalker Ranch and be on the program with Steven Spielberg and interact with Jerry Mullen. But I'm here to tell you, my friend, I know so much more about you than you know I know about you. And you're just a living legend, so gracious, so accessible. And I, I just, I, I want you to know it's an honor. It truly is an honor to have you on my program. Can I just get to a first question? Absolutely. And thanks, uh, thanks again for having me on. How many, how many, how did you start in the movie business? Did you ever, did, did you have a, a story where you found some little camera as an eight-year-old and started just making pictures? Or how in the world did you become a lover and a passionate uh, st- student of, of movie making? You know, uh, there's, there's so many answers to that question because as you look back on your life, uh, sometimes much later than you would have imagined, you remember things that probably had a terrific influence that for years you, you kind of ignored. And in recent years, particularly as I talk about Western films, and we just re-released The Great American Cowboy, put it on DVD, uh, a newly digitized remastered version, which was the film we won the Academy Award for. But as I say, you look back and, and recognize that there were things that happened early in your life that may have had a much bigger influence than you realize. And, and if you've got time for one little anecdote, I'll tell you one. Yes, please. Um, uh, when I was, when I was uh, 12 years old, I went to work on a dairy farm in Farmington, Utah, the little, the little Utah town of Farmington, Utah little rural community, and I went to work on a dairy farm at 12 years old, and um, the one, uh, one, and I used to go every Thursday night in the Mormon church there, some enlightened bishop had put in a 35-millimeter projection system, and so in the cultural hall in Farmington, Utah, in the, in the, in the 1950s, we actually had a movie theater in the church, and every Thursday night, we'd go see uh, a movie at seven, and and it would replay at nine. The Boy Scouts would sell candy in the foyer, and if you paid the award budget, you could get in free. And so I started going to movies when I was seven years old. And one day, when I was working at the dairy farm, the old farmer uh, who scared me to death, a guy named Half Robinson, a big, rough, crusty guy, said to me, "Are you going to the award show tonight?" And I said, I never missed the award show. And, of course, in those days, they were mostly all Westerns. It was, that was the era of Roy Rogers and Gene Autry and, and Hopalong Cassidy and Tom Mix and, and Lash LaRue and on and on. And uh, so I always went to the movies, and I loved the movies. And he said, well, tonight when you go to the movie, you watch the credits, and you'll see a name come up. My brother wrote the movie. His name is Casey Robinson. And the movie was The Snows of Kilimanjaro. And I mentioned wow. it because that was the first time that, that, that all those names that scrolled by suddenly became real people. Because Casey Robinson, as his name came up as the screenwriter, was the brother of the man that I worked for. And that was a, a notable moment in my life in terms of of there are real people <laughs> that are accessible 
that make these movies. And then I began to study the credits, and something called the art director had great appeal because I was an artist. And the end of the story is years and years and years later, after the Academy Award and after I was in the motion picture industry, I got a nice package from my old friend, Pat Robinson, just before he died. And he sent me the original screenplay, The Snows of Kilimanjaro, signed by his brother, Casey Robinson. Oh, my goodness. Wow. You know, so a, I think a, that had an influence. I, I began at that very early age to, to identify with the people who made the movies. And then when I was on a mission in Denmark for the LDS Church, I got access to an 8mm camera and started shooting shooting film and kind of never looked back after that. So did you actually get filmmaking training and education or did you figure it out on your own or is there a mixture of both? Well, it's a little of both. Uh, I, I attended Brigham Young University. They didn't really have a film program then. Uh, uh, and uh, I, But I studied in communications like your friend from Idaho. <laughs> and, uh-huh. uh, and they allowed me to use my own 16-millimeter movie equipment, which I owned at that time when I went, when I went to college, to, to actually do all my, 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 my assignments rather than videotape, uh, because I had a, a minor in television and a, and a master in communication. So, uh, so I did get a bit of training, but, but even before that, I was passionate. I took our last dollar because I have an incredible wife that was unbelievably supportive and bought a Bolex camera and, uh, and an editing, some editing and a, you know, a little hand handheld editing system and a viewer and started making experimental films really, really right when I first got married. So. Wow. <clears throat> Very few folks in the industry at your level are the triple crown threat as a writer, as a director and as a producer. Uh, who who was your hero in each of those three genres? Who who inspired you first as a writer? Who inspired you as a director? And who inspired you as a producer? Well, um, <laughs> that's a question I've never been asked, and all the questions I've been asked. Um, you know, I, I, I I'm not sure. I I I. I I fell in love with writing again when I was a missionary for the LDS Church in Denmark. And in learning a foreign language, I finally learned my own. I I had a reasonable education in a county high school, but I didn't really learn writing and I really didn't learn English very well. But when I learned Danish, I was forced to learn English and, and the parts of speech and kept a very prolific journal, which is atrocious looking back, but it gave me a great love for writing. And so I'm not sure I was inspired particularly by a writer per se, but rather the joy I found in immersing myself uh, in writing. And then, again, as I say, you look back and curiously, just before my mother died, she gave me a box of things that she had saved, and I found among them a story that I'd written in like the fifth grade, which I'd illuminated and illustrated and realized that I, I guess I've been telling stories since I was a, as a kid. As far as a, as a director is concerned, of course, my favorite director is Ridley Scott. 
and uh, I I just I, I was fascinated by him even before um, I ever imagined that I would have an opportunity to to make serious film, um, and so I I I'm I'm, I'm extremely you know impressed by him. Producing what are what are was, some what are some of his credits for the benefit of our uh, our listeners? Ridley Scott. Well, what Ridley, what are some of his well, most Ridley notable Scott films? Is, well, it's, it's it's Alien. You know, he did Alien. He did Gladiator. Uh, he did uh, uh, Elm and Louise. Uh, he's he's one of the all time all time great directors. Wow. Um, as far as producing is concerned, I, I think I became a producer not by being inspired, but because as an independent with absolutely no connection to the motion picture industry, I simply put movies together. And then when they realized that that was what producing was, I was producing films without ever thinking of myself as a producer, because as a, as a young guy who, who had a passion to make movies, um, I, I started out making commercial films in 16 millimeter for companies like Kaiser Steel, the U S government and, and uh, Bank America and others back in the days before video. Uh, now, of course, all that's done with corporate video. But in those days, every every company would make one or two films a year, and that, and that's how I got started. And so I produced those films without ever imagining that I would go on to become a, a you know a Hollywood producer, as it were, a filmmaker. Uh, but then, of course, Bruce Brown was a huge influence. Bruce Brown was a filmmaker from Southern California who did a series of, of, of feature documentaries um, in the uh, early 70s, uh, the most notable of which were um, On Any Sunday, and just before that one called um, Endless Summer, which was a surfing film, and then On Any Sunday was a film about motorcycle Motocross. Where, I remember both of those films. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And it was so funny yeah, because were, I raced motocross yeah, and, they were, and, and they I was were, Yeah, they were feature wow. documentaries that played theaters. And I remember, so, so in a way, I, I have to credit Bruce Brown as the filmmaker in the business who may have influenced me the very most because it was a huge turning point because I remember and I could take you to the theater and I could take you to almost the seat I was in the day I saw on any Sunday. The theater was packed. There was people lined up at the box office. It was a feature-length documentary about guys that went out in the desert on Sunday and raced motorcycles and, and, and Steve McQueen, who was a hot movie star at the time, was among them. Yeah. So that wasn't the attraction. He just happened to be one of the boys. But as I sat there and watched that film and listened to the audience and got caught up in the in that extraordinary social experience of watching a movie in a large audience, I realized there was nothing on the screen that I wasn't capable of doing. Um, and And I had all the equipment necessary to do everything I was looking at. And so on the way home, I said to my wife, I'm going to make... A commercial. I'm going to. I'm going to go. I'm going to make a commercial film, feature documentary for the theaters, and take the next step from from what we had a fairly successful business doing the other kinds of films. And the next morning, I called the. I sat up all night and tried to imagine what wonderful high action adventure sport hadn't been exploited. And being a cowboy at heart, I realized it was rodeo. The next morning, I called the Rodeo Cowboys Association in Denver, Colorado, set up an appointment, and then spent three months 
negotiating and pleading and, and, and banging on doors to get the exclusive rights to film professional rodeo for one year, and the rest is history. I made The Great American Cowboy on a year which, which God gave me the greatest story one could ever even write when the young whoopersnapper Phil Lyon came up from George West, Texas, and took on the six-time all-around world champion Larry Mahan, and the two of them went head-to-head throughout the year, and we followed them both with cameras, and, and uh, the great man probably went on then to win the Academy Award and so on. Oh, my gosh, Larry Mahan. So, you know, in the music industry and in the love lives that we've lived you know, we have a wedding song. We have the song remembers when. We have some special memory that's tied to a song. What is your movie? What movie would come to mind if I asked you your favorite all-time film of all time? What do you think it would be? That I made or that I watched? That you watched first. The next question you've already <laughs> started to prime the pump here, brother. But yeah. Yeah, that you watched. Um, what, what would what would be one of the most inspirational, memorable movies that you've ever seen your entire life? Uh, you know, it's it's like what's your favorite book because there's so many different genres. Uh, you know, it's 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 hard, but I would think that. Um, um, let me think. Let me think. I can see. I can see. I, I'm. I'm having a hard time remembering the title. What's a wonderful film about the about the runner who wouldn't run on Sunday? It's one of my favorite films that I've had. The complete yeah. mental block for the title. Oh, oh that's funny. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, I'll, no, it, I, it'll come to I, me. I get, but, um, I get it. I, yeah, I my started hearing the musical score the title, right, right now. That's funny. I get it. Yeah. So maybe it'll come um, back. Let me ask you another question. Yeah. What movie do you wish you had have made? Well, the the movies I wish I had have made, I have I have them sitting right here on my desk in screenplays that I've written, that, and and the one I really 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 want to make. So I hope somewhere among your listeners is a really wealthy guy who loves westerns <laughs> who really wants to get this movie made. It's called The Last of the Cowboys. Oh and my it goodness! An, it, it is a it is a it is an absolute classic. We should um, we should call Clint Eastwood right now and just tell him to open his checkbook and you know call call his buddies. Well, actually, I have a fabulous uh, I have a fabulous cameo for Clint Eastwood in there. So, um, yeah, so that's the film that's the film that I that I wrote years and years and years ago, um, and uh, and it's evolved and I keep I keep poking at it and rewriting it. And of course, the the big challenge is that westerns come and go. Uh, they've been basically replaced with, with you know, Star Wars and science fiction and all the all that whole new thing. So it's it's a it's a challenge to get them financed because people are even if they love the story, they're they're reluctant because movies anymore. You know, a cheap movie in Hollywood is sixty million dollars. You know, we can yes. do them for less than that, but but that's kind of what they. So I would have a question that that almost um, that almost uh, interrupts your last comment. I've been fascinated by how westerns continuously fascinate us, and so as we go to commercial break and come back with you, Keith Merrill, what I want to what I want to do is ask you the question and then let it percolate and incubate for a moment. The old west wasn't a long period of time. Do you think we'd be better off today if it had lasted longer? 
I think you have brought to mind in my heart, in my mind, and I remember watching Roy Rogers and Trigger, and I've seen the stuffed Trigger in Victorville, California, and I remember Dale Evans, and I remember these television singing cowboys, and I just, I've been so excited to pick your brain. I want to know, yeah, it seems like there's always a Western that still comes back to the screen, and I want to know what your opinion is on fascination that we all seem to continuously have with the Old West. And yes, we have aliens, and yes, we have Star Wars, but at the end of the day, there's nothing like a good old cowboy movie. So this is Dan Clark, VoiceAmerica.com. My guest is the amazing and famous and very significant uh, movie maker, Keith Merrill, writer, producer, and director, Academy Award winner, for his amazing film, The Great American Cowboy. Let's go to commercial break, and we'll be right back to ask him more questions about his fascination with the Western world. Hear the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit VoiceAmerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Life is complicated and sometimes we all need a little help, but don't have the time for a full hour-long session or don't know who to turn to. That's where BetterHelp comes into play. With BetterHelp, I can get matched with one of over 2,500 licensed and approved counselors and therapists and get help anytime, anywhere, totally private. For a flat weekly fee starting at $35, I can connect with my counselor via text, chat, video conference, or phone, which is great for me because I'm always on the go. And I can go back to previous sessions whenever I want through my secure account from anywhere in the world. It's a great feeling to know that help is there, affordable, private, and convenient to my schedule. We all can use a little help. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash VA health and register for free. You can try it for seven days without being charged on your credit card and get matched with a licensed counselor usually within 24 hours. Get better help today at betterhelp.com forward slash VA health. If you're an event meeting planner like me, you have two ongoing challenges. You can't afford to have a speaker who bombs. And when you do have an amazing speaker, who in the world do you bring into next year's meeting that will top them? Well, you never have to worry again. Book Dan Clark. Dan Clark is one of the most incredible human beings on the planet. He's been named one of the top 10 speakers in the world. He's known for customizing his speech around your meeting theme. So your people leave with benefits that last a lifetime. Here's the number, 1-800-676-1121, or just visit danclark.com. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You're listening to The Art of Significance, featuring your host, Dan Clark. If you want to join in on this week's discussion, give us a call at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop Dan a line via email to danclark at xmission.com. 
Now back to the Art of Significance. Here again is Dan Clark. Welcome back. I'm with Keith Merrill, the Oscar award-winning writer, producer, director, who's been called the great American filmmaker. Nominated for an Emmy back in 1993, won several Western Heritage Awards for his documentaries that focus on the Old West and the Alamo. And maybe the greatest feather in his cap is uh, when he won the Academy Award for his amazing film, The Great American Cowboy, that has just been digitized and reformatted and released on DVD. Everybody needs to look for that and purchase so, Mr. Merrill, as I said, the question is, do you see the benefit of, of what would have happened to America had this experience in the wild, wild west, the old west? It was such a short period of time in our history, and yet so many of the great lessons of life and so many of the great heroes on the screen, the John Waynes, the larger-than-life characters came and emerged from that scene, that, that, that genre of film, do you think we'd be better off if the Wild West had lasted longer in American history? Well, better off is the, <laughs> better off is the, is the crux of the question, because uh, whatever, whatever you mean by that, if, as far as storytelling, as far as movies that have, that have come out of, out of the period, I actually think that it it would have not been as good had it lasted longer. I think the fact that it was short, I think the fact that it was wild, I think the fact that it, it was that it is vastly understood, and the fact that it has become largely mythology rather than reality, uh, probably contributed to. To the Western genre, I think had it had it lasted longer, uh, you know, I suppose there would have been more stories. But whether the mythical quality of the of the West would have been diminished by being around longer is an interesting question. I suspect it probably would have. I mean, the the reality because I I know the West very very well and, and, and immersed in research for the various projects and so on. Uh, almost all of what we see in the movies is 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 the mythology of the West, not the reality of the West. The the, the gunfights in the street, which characterize every great Western film, there were actually only three or four of them in the whole history of the Wild West that were that were actually documented. Um, so, um, yeah, that's a, that's an interesting question. But my suspicion is that because it because it came and went and, and just left a, left a blazing hole in our history, I think, I think that it created the mythology that led to the movies. So, yeah. Would it, so are we better off? I, I don't know. <laughs> well, my question to you From is, a movie standpoint, I think we probably are. I, I, I mean, that's, that's just a theory, and I've never thought of it, but it just seems to me that, that, um, that had, had it endured... Uh, uh, it probably would have lost its a little of its uh, little of its glitter, you know. Yes, sir. So, as a movie maker, as a creative genius, as a writer, <clears throat> I needed to ask you this question: If you had have grown up in the wild, wild west, do you think you would have been an outlaw with a with 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 a, a gang, 
or would you have been a wider figure on that side of the law? What do you think? You which side of the coin would you have uh, emerged? Well, see, I think the question supports what I just said. Is that by asking that question, you buy into the mythology that there were two types in the West. There was Wyatt Earp and there was Butch Cassidy. But the reality is that there were thousands of people. There were farmers and you know and 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 school teachers and and I probably I probably would have I probably would have been a uh, probably trying to hang out with Charlie Russell painting pictures of the West or something like that or Burke or one of those guys. <laughs> I probably would have been a, an, an itinerant artist, I, I think. Um, but we do tend to we do tend to think of the West just in terms of the of the outlaws and the lawmen, because of course those are the, the those are the stories. Conflict is drama, and what greater conflict than 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 the the lawman and the outlaw? Um, but the but the people who really populate the West um, are you know are are, are rarely exciting enough to have movies made about them. So I probably, no, so your, the answer to the question, who would I have been, I probably would have been a Charlie Russell. All right. Yeah, Keith Merrill Remington, I can just see it now. This is good to know. <laughs> well, I was never that good, but I would have tried. No, you're amazing. He, he's, a little, uh, he's a little looser than Remington, so I can yes, identify sir. him a little more. So may I ask you a question about your documentaries that focused on the Old West, but especially the Alamo? I'm such a fan. What? How do we? How do we access your documentary on the Alamo? And teach me about what you learned as you researched to put this documentary together. What lessons of life did we learn about freedom and about about bravery and courage and about standing up for what we're supposed to believe in? Teach us, please. Well, the. There's a line in the movie, which I think sums it up, and it's—I don't—I uh, don't remember, I can remember it exactly, but it's when they're anticipating. They, they, they've gathered in the Alamo. The Texicans have gathered in the Alamo. They've been—they're surrounded by four thousand uh, uh, Mexican uh, federales uh, under under General Santa Ana, um, and they're prepared to make a stand. And one, I think it's, I have Davy Crockett say to a young man, there's a, there's a whole lot of difference between talking about freedom and staring in the face of a man who wants to take it away. And, um, I, I, so in some ways, I think that, that kind of, that kind of sums, sums up the, the, the essence of it, the, the concept of freedom and of course you get into the politics and the, and now anymore if you talk about the Mexican the American the Mexican you know the Mexican American war and I mean it gets so fraught with the contemporary politics that it kind of loses some of the some of the historical reality but um, the it, it was an, it was a great experience I mean I mean but look the, the thing about movies thing about historical films the things about it, the recreations and, and it, while it is a documentary, it was effectively it was an IMAX film. We shot it. We we made it for a, a theater at the Alamo, an IMAX theater at the Alamo in San Antonio, Texas. The film still plays there every single day. Um, we we basically uh, did a dramatic recreation of the key events 
surrounding the Alamo and the, and the key characters. So while it is an IMAX film and it and it class it, it qualifies a documentary, it, in fact, it's just a, it's a dramatic recreation of of the Alamo in IMAX, which is a which is a spectacular format or was in those days. Um, but um, we shot it at the old John Wayne set in Brackettville, Texas, where John Wayne shot the original Alamo. So that that set was still standing, which is a reasonable re- replication of the original Alamo. So there was a lot of, you know, kind of a lot of nostalgia that went into it in time. Well, I hope uh, you've received some residual from my ticket sales because every time I go to San Antonio and I probably go there six times a year, I always go and watch the documentary called The Alamo. I always go to the mall. I always go upstairs to the theater. I buy my ticket and I absolutely love all the messages and all the lessons I've learned and the drama and the pageantry. Good for you. And I I knew I, I had that connection, but I've been so excited to wind down or talk by focusing in on something that I've I feel connected to you through and that's this amazing film on the Alamo. May I ask you one last question, Mr. Merrill? Sure. I've taught public speaking now for ten years at a university level. That's what I do for a living. I've written thirty four books. You were asking me offline what I do. And my final examination for my students is is always the last lecture. If you had one hour to live, what would you say to the world? And you're this this natural resource. You're this walking icon. Your humility astounds me. You're such a good human being, and you're such an accomplished movie maker, filmmaker. What what is your message to the world? If you had your eight children tuning in today, and your grandchildren, if you had Dagny listening in, if you had those that matter most to you. What is your message to the world as this iconic filmmaker and an extraordinary human being? Well, that's a very, very personal question. Uh, the, there, are, there are different aspects to our lives. I don't know whether you're asking me the question as a, as a person or whether you're asking me as a professional. Clearly, because of my religious belief, the message I would leave for the world is that I believe that there is a purpose in life. I believe that there is a God in heaven. I believe that he sent his son to atone for our sins and that salvation is possible to all people. Now, I don't know if that (laughs) was taking this off in a direction you didn't want to go, but that's the real answer to the question because beyond filmmaking and beyond the things that we do and beyond the accumulating money and things, the thing that drives my life and to a large extent inspires my filmmaking and my writing is my profound belief in God and a true purpose of life. And while I don't presume to have all the answers by any of anyone's imagination, I do take great comfort in that in that faith. And that said, I I think that the films that I've made, by and large, try very hard to entertain, but they also try to enlighten and ultimately inspire. Because I think that we're at a time in our in our world and in our life when the divisions among us 
and the, and the anger, uh, the angry rhetoric, and the and the and the the, the lack of of sort of <laughs> sort of courtesy and humanity is, is, is kind of frightening. And so, in some ways, that would be my message: is is to is to just you know. Um, that would be that would be my final speech to the world is to basically express my profound faith in in the reality of a God, the reality of a purpose of life, and 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 admonish uh, all of us to to look heavenward and in the process put our arms around the people next to us and get along. I love that, you know, and I uh, I throw my hat in that ring. Ladies and gentlemen, listeners, I hope you caught not just what he said, but how he made us feel. This is the amazing Keith Merrill, and in a world where we put so much emphasis on the glitz and glamour of Hollywood, and we choose our heroes as those who are most wealthy or most famous, regardless of their character, regardless of their beliefs, we put on a pedestal folks who are just making money and creating fame for themselves and really not turning outward to serve their fellow men. Keith Merrill has emerged and has sustained on that highest level, walking on high ground as an Academy Award-winning filmmaker in Hollywood, living in the world, but not being of the world. I'm so glad you concluded our conversation this way, my friend. I can't wait to shake your hand one of these days and... Your your time is gone. Do you have time for one more little anecdote? Absolutely. You're an Academy Award winning uh, well, filmmaker. Uh, <laughs> you want to just take <laughs> another four or five hours? I'll just talk to the sponsors. No, no, Let's no, go, no, baby. No, but, Come on, but, man. But when but when you said what you did, uh, you know, I I, I, I kind of wandered off and lost my way a little bit in trying in trying to express my, my feelings. But let me put it in an anecdotal sense. When I won the Academy Award, I lived in Los Altos Hills, California, which is a relatively small community, a better community of, of Silicon Valley. And so there aren't many filmmakers there. So when I came home and stepped off the airplane, to my great surprise, there were several of the local media, a lot of friends and family had gathered at the airport to greet us. And I'd never even imagined such a thing. And they were cheering and... and uh, and and they all wanted to take pictures with the Oscar, and I thought, wow, I am so cool. <laughs> I am like a big time. I'm a big deal. And we went home, and there were people who had brought food, and for like three days, there were like parties and people coming, and and the press was there, and interviews and everything. And I just I, I was starting to think that I am a I'm pretty hot stuff. Well, about day three. I feel a tug on my pant leg, and I look down, and it's my little eight-year-old daughter, Kayla. And she says, Dad, that gold doll that you brought home is really important, isn't it? And I said, yeah, it it is. It's a, a really big deal. And she said, do you love it? And I said, you know, I do. I do, Kayla. I love it. Well, you love it more than you love me. And then I realized that I have been so caught up in the, in the glitter of the world and the glamour and my own self-centeredness that I'd forgotten who I was. It's so easy when the lights are flashing and people are cheering 
I'd forgotten that I was a father first. I was her dad. And for three days, I had not been a dad. And she stood on the sidelines and wondered where she fit in all of this. So I dropped to my knees and I put my arms around her and I gave her a big hug and I said, Oh, Kayla, there's nothing in this world I love more than you. And after a moment, she said, Oh, well, that's good, Dad. Can I take it to show and tell? <laughs> and so, that's priceless. And so, so from that moment on, the Oscar became a symbol of uh, a family for us. And it, she, it went to show and tell. It rode in baby buggies. It was passed around. The kids played with it. People took pictures of it. And finally, a little boy who desperately wanted to hold an Oscar before he died, he was at the Stanford Children's Hospital, dropped it, and it broke. And for years, it just sort of laid on the shelf with a broken base. But it put it in perspective, and I couldn't help but share that anecdote because of what you just said. No, I appreciate that. And, you know, from a personal note, when we think we're so famous or recognized for all these wonderful accolades, it's amazing how young children really can bring us to reality. One of the boards I sit on is the International Board of Governors of Operation Smile. We do the cleft lip, cleft palate surgeries all over the world. And one of the, the women on our board is Roma Downey, one of my dearest friends on the planet, married to Mark Burnett. They live in a beautiful um, mansion in Malibu, and he's Mr. Reality yeah, TV, you know. Yeah, I, you know, he has the voice I, I, and the apprentice and, you know, survivor. And they had a wonderful, wonderful reception at their home in Malibu. And at the time, Ro, uh, Roma's young daughter, Riley, she was probably eight, maybe 10 years of age. And in this wonderful reception, this 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 party at their home, uh, David Foster, the amazing composer, sits down at the piano and he says, Riley, I understand you're quite the singer. What would you like to sing? And they ended up singing a song together. And as soon as she finished, and she has an amazing voice she did it as a young girl, Barbara Streisand walks right up to the 10-year-old, the 9-year-old girl, and she says, oh, my gosh, that was a magnificent song. Someday you're going to be a, sing- a singer and a performer. And little Riley politely says, thank you, ma'am. And Roma comes up to her daughter and says, did you know who that is? And she says, yeah, she's, she's the mom on Meet the Fockers. Isn't that funny? Great movie. <laughs> anyway, to put it into perspective, you're humble, you're amazing, and it's an honor to interview on my show, Keith Merrill. God bless you, and thanks for all the movies you brought to the screen. And, and the next time I'm in San Antonio, watch the Alamo, I'll smile a big old smile Thanks. and think of you. Thank you. And one final, final parting word. Uh, for people who would like to pull up a new copy of The Great American Cowboy, all digitally remastered, they can go to the Great American Cowboy, uh, the Great American Cowboy, the movie.com, and they can and they get them. Well, I'm going to do that today, and I encourage every listener to do so. Yeah, Thanks great. for being hey, on the you. show. Thank I think so I'm going to have. You, I think I need to have you back. You got some stories we all need to hear. My best <laughs> Dagny, your beautiful wife. Okay, brother, this is Dan Clark on VoiceAmerica.com, the Influencers Channel. My guest has been the amazing Keith Merrill Academy Award-winning movie maker. We're going to commercial break, but before we do, don't go anywhere. My next guest is a dear friend, Jeannie Cisco meth And when Jeannie was a young girl, everyone knew she was different. When she got into school, the labeling began. 
And when Jeannie got into high school, she decided she was not going to let someone else tell her how her future would go. Jeannie used her learning patterns to help others become successful as well. She's an author. She's a public speaker. And her message is going to be drilling deeper into this most important cause and most important dilemma that we're all facing. How do we stop the bullying, the cybernet, the internet bullying the cyber bullying, uh, the actual bullying in our schools, and don't go anywhere. Let's go to commercial break, and I'll be back in a moment. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. I just got out of a meeting where the unbelievable Dan Clark was the keynote speaker. He is clearly the most interesting man in the world. He's been into space. He reminded us to think bigger. He's a primary contributor to those chicken soup books. And he inspired all of us to make our lives matter. He taught us how to deal with change like he had to when he had to recover from a paralyzing football injury. Everybody needs to hear his message on leadership and safety and how he turns last place NFL teams into Super Bowl champions. Call this number. 1-800-676-1121 and visit danclark.com Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists using the best, freshest, gluten-free ingredients. The best part is the menu is always new and fresh, just like the food, and it only takes three minutes for me to prepare breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and there's no messy cleanup and no dishes. My family loves the choices and the taste and freshly delivers to my home and my office so I eat healthy all day, every day. If you're tired of the same old cardboard delivery and takeout, try out Freshly.com today and save $20 on your first order using coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Your taste buds and your scale will thank you. So save 20 bucks today with coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Influence is often inherited, but more often created from our actions. The Voice America Influencers Channel brings together those who are creating and leading the way and those who will create the road from nowhere in the future. Being an influencer isn't always about being the most important person in the world. It's about being the most influential person in the world around you. A better manager, a better friend, a better marketer or strategic planner. The Voice America Influencers Channel is about becoming better and Earning influence. Be an influencer. Join us today. I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists using the best, 
freshest, gluten-free ingredients. The best part is the menu is always new and fresh, just like the food, and it only takes three minutes for me to prepare breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and there's no messy cleanup and no dishes. My family loves the choices and the taste and freshly delivers to my home and my office so I eat healthy all day every day. If you're tired of the same old cardboard delivery and takeout, try out Freshly.com today and save $20 on your first order using coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Your taste buds and your scale will thank you. So save 20 bucks today with coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You're listening to The Art of Significance, featuring your host, Dan Clark. If you want to join in on this week's discussion, give us a call at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop down a line via email to danclark at xmission.com. Now back to the Art of Significance. Here again is Dan Clark. Welcome back. What a great interview with Keith Merrill. Didn't he put it into perspective? Everything in life in perspective. And as he brought up his religious convictions, I know that didn't offend any of you as listeners. You know, I always try to caution people to respect our, our our differences, welcome our commonalities, but all based on the truth that some things are true, whether we believe them or not. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but nobody's entitled to the wrong facts, and we should never believe everything that we think. So it was an honor to have Keith Merrill, this incredible character-based, core-valued human being on the program, because... As Jeannie would say, thanks, Dan, for having him as my warm-up act. She's so amazing. She's the headliner. Jeannie Cisco meth. No, not it's not Jeannie Cisco on meth, which I always point out to her. <laughs> this is Jeannie Cisco dash meth. And let me read just a little teeny bit about her past to set the, the tone for our discussion. When Jeannie was a young girl, everyone knew she was different. When she got into school, the labeling began. She had so many learning disabilities and physical differences that she stood out. She had dyslexia. Now, you'll know that Jeannie and I are dear friends, and we love to laugh, and I've known her for a long, long time. And dyslexia. It's amazing how when someone has dyslexia, they still can become a a person of faith because when when you get things mixed up, it's really hard to be religious when you worship dog. <laughs> I'm glad you got that joke. I hope the rest of the listeners did. So Jeannie had dyslexia. She couldn't talk very well. She was legally blind. That's why she thinks I'm a handsome dog. And by the eighth grade, she was six feet tall. She was a cancer survivor. And the list goes on and on and on. She was told she would never amount to much. Any of you listeners heard that? I did. Jeannie remembers sitting in the classroom with her parents and her teachers listening to the discussion about her dismal future. Jeannie and her parents had different ideas. Dilbert and Martha, Jeannie's parents, did not spend so much time, money, emotional stress, battling childhood cancer with her just to give up now. Regardless of what the educators labeled her to be or her fellow students accused her of being. 
Her and her parents knew she would find a way to get back up and go again and eventually become successful as she is today. When Jeannie got into high school, she decided she was not going to let someone else tell her how her future would go. She sought out the tools that helped her graduate high school. Then she went on to college. She was the first in her family to graduate from a four-year university. Jeannie used her learning patterns to help others become successful as well. She went on to become a high school teacher and helped many students find their true path in life. When a fellow teacher asked her to teach what she had learned about helping students, Jeannie designed courses to do just that. Jeannie then decided to take what she is teaching and make it available to a larger audience. One of her main courses is now called Bully Proofing You. The name of your new book that was released, Taming the Bully Between Your Ears, Genie, Cisco, Meth, Mercedes, Maserati, Honda. <laughs> I mean, you're all that in a bag of chips. I love you. I honor you. Thanks for being on my show. How the heck are you? Oh, absolutely phenomenal. And I feel blessed to be speaking with you today. Thank you so much. You have been inspirational and definitely a platform <laughs> or a foundation upon which, you know, you have helped me so much. And I just want to say thank you. I am blessed and honored to be here today. Well, that's so nice of you. Let's start from the beginning, Jeannie. You know, as I teach public speaking around the world, I have a speaker's boot camp that I had last Friday that you so graciously missed. <laughs> yes, thank you. I was learning but how you, to write another book. Oh my I gosh. Know, I know, but it's it's so much more important to hang out with me than anyone else. But <laughs> but in the speaker's boot camp, what I I reminded people about in our communication, we have to be ordinary before we can be extraordinary. Learned that from a great speaker coach, Mr. Flynn, and you've got to be ordinary before you can be extraordinary. And your resume, your bio is unlike most who just wave their flag of, I've accomplished this, I've accomplished that. And as a public speaker, we have to answer two questions for every audience listener, or we're ineffective. Number one, why should I listen to you? It's the credibility piece. But number two, and most significantly, can, can I do what you're suggesting? Can I do it too with my weaknesses, with my limitations, with my history, and, and, and with my strengths? So as you approach this this concept, this 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 tragedy that we call bullying that affects all of our lives, all of our friends, all of our loved ones at every age, not just teenagers, as I mentioned, but all of us are bullied at some point at work, cyber, on the internet, wherever the case may be. How did you find your voice and decide that of all the things that you've experienced and overcome, why did you focus in on anti-bullying and bullying, bully-proofing you, which is the name of your book? Thank you. I, I don't know about the first question. You'll have to answer that for yourself. But the second question I can absolutely answer. If I can do it, absolutely you can do it. There is so much in life that happens to us. And it's not about what happens, but about how we respond. And so many times, bad things happen. There's not a single person in this world that has not had bad things happen to them. There, everybody has bad things. The question is, is what do you do with it? 
I remember a conversation with you a while back. I always love our conversations, but this one definitely stuck in my mind because we were talking about potential and how everybody has potential and how frustrated I was that some of my students weren't reaching their potential. And you made the comment that standing in my garage, that you know, does not make me a Porsche. And <laughs> I absolutely love that. And I use that in my own life frequently. Just because I have potential, it doesn't mean I'm going to reach it unless I know how to dig down deep in those hard moments, find the gold nuggets in the valley, and start climbing the hill again. Wow. So you were a teacher. Did you teach special needs children? Did you teach the, the, the kids that are often labeled and thrown away kind of in an alternative school setting? What was your teaching background? My teaching background was 16 years at an alternative high, which is kids who are no longer allowed in mainstream because of drug use, gang involvement, uh, they're involved in the system, criminal system in some way. And I also spent two years at a high-end Christian school called Roland Mark here in Utah. And so I've seen both extremes. And the one thing that I've learned is each set of, each set of people or groups or teens have issues. We all have problems. Money doesn't solve problems. Thinking solves problems. The lack of money does not cause problems. <laughs> the lack of thinking causes problems. Oh, that's, re- that's, that's amazing. That's, can you repeat that again? Because there's a few listeners who are like me. Seventh grade was my senior year. That's pretty provocative. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> what did not, you say? It's, it's not having money or not having money that makes a difference. It's how you use those six inches between your left and right ear. That is what makes all the difference. What are you using? What are you thinking about? What are you dreaming about? Oh, my gosh, we all have dreams. And then we allow that little bully between our ears to stop us. It's not that people outside of us bully us. It's that we bully ourselves, and then they just repeat what we say. Wow. So I'm intrigued by this whole concept of bullying, which in my mind, and correct me if I'm wrong, but in my mind categorically, it's where someone puts somebody else down to make themselves feel better about who they are. And so tongue-in-cheek, why do people watch Jerry Springer on TV? Obviously, it's because they can actually watch that 30-minute show and, and say to themselves, wow, my life sucks, but it doesn't suck as bad as theirs suck. And that if we yeah, get divorced, okay, yeah. and if we get divorced, Ethel, at least we won't still be cousins. <laughs> So Jerry Springer and shows like that are popular because of our human nature that if we are stuck and stagnant, if we've stopped dreaming dreams, and remember, when you lose your dreams, you die. That's why we have so many people walking the halls of life who are dead and they don't even know it yet. They stop dreaming. They stop progressing. And we as human beings are hardwired for progress. We seek new horizons. And when someone gets stuck and stagnant, the only recourse we have, from my opinion and from my observation, my experience, is to put somebody else down physically, verbally, emotionally, to make ourselves feel like we are moving forward, that we are better today than we were yesterday, when in reality, we're just stuck and we've stopped. 
So am I correct? Is that really the premise behind why someone would feel it in their heart and in their mind to try and put somebody else down to make them feel like feel better about themselves? Is that really at the heart and soul and cause of bullying? What do you think? You're an expert. I believe that hurt people hurt people. And we have a lot of pain in this world right now. And I want, you know, I mean, think, think for a moment of a very bad day. You know, we, we have them, they happen. In that moment when you're hurt or you're upset or you're angry or you're frustrated, could you lash out at someone else and say something negative? Absolutely. We all can. But now, huh, think of something that you love. Something that trips your trigger, turns you on, whatever, excites you, gets you going. Could you hurt somebody in that moment of love and excitement and joy? No, you couldn't. And if we can start to heal the pain, and if we can start empowering people and helping people realize that they have potential, every single person is needed in this time and space. Why? Because they're living in this time and space. And so if they can start to define who they are instead of allowing other people to define who they are and start living their dreams, we will have more love, more forgiveness, more empathy, more, more beauty in the world. Hurt I people, agree. Hurt people. That's profound, and, and 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 there's something that's gone awry on the quality of your um, of your voice of your uh, microphone. And so I want to break in here. I want to go to commercial break and see if we can figure out a way to make your wisdom more intelligible. Not that you're not intelligible. <laughs> I want to make sure our listeners can hear you clearly, and there's, it's just been kind of coming in and out. I don't know if the phone is bad, whatever, but let's let's go to commercial break and stay on the line, and let's talk to my okay. engineer, Kevin, to see what we can do to make sure that everybody can understand exactly what you're saying. Is that okay? Absolutely. Perfect. Okay. Thank you so much. My guest is Jeannie Cisco meth an expert on bullying, and her new book, Bully Proof. And we're going to be right back after commercial break. Hear the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. Life is complicated and sometimes we all need a little help, but don't have the time for a full hour-long session or don't know who to turn to. That's where BetterHelp comes into play. With BetterHelp, I can get matched with one of over 2,500 licensed and approved counselors and therapists and get help anytime, anywhere, totally private. For a flat weekly fee starting at $35, I can connect with my counselor via text, chat, video conference, or phone, which is great for me because I'm always on the go. And I can go back to previous sessions whenever I want through my secure account from anywhere in the world. It's a great feeling to know that help is there, affordable, private, and convenient to my schedule. We all can use a little help. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash VA health and register for free. You can try it for seven days without being charged on your credit card and get matched with a licensed counselor usually within 24 hours. Get better help today at betterhelp.com forward slash VA health. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel.
You're listening to The Art of Significance, featuring your host, Dan Clark. If you want to join in on this week's discussion, give us a call at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop Dan a line via email to Clark at xmission.com. Now back to The Art of Significance. Here again is Dan Clark. We're back with Jeannie Cisco Method, your friend of mine, an expert on bully-proofing you, taming the bully between your ears. Sounds like it starts with ourselves, my friend. I'm glad we could fix the audio confusion, and now we're back. I can hear you clearly. Let's continue with the conversation. You said hurt people hurt people. Teach us uh, 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 what we need to do, the man in the mirror, the woman in the mirror exercise that Michael Jackson sang so eloquently. What do we need to do to bully-proof ourselves? First of all, decide that you are valuable because you are. The first three chapters in my Bully-Proofing You book, that's what it goes into. Believe in yourself. Know that you're loved. Know that you're valuable. You know, and, and I don't have time to go into those three chapters, but... Get a copy of my book when you have a chance. Um, oh, well, that was clever. Part. Let's interrupt right now. How do they get a copy? And you might as well give your uh, your your contact information right now <laughs> so instead of at the end. We'll do it again at the end of our interview. But how do we get a hold of this book? It's fabulous. I've read it. Bullyproofingyou.com. Yeah, um, bullyproofingyou.com, and you actually wrote the foreword to it, and thank you. Mm, so blessed, heartfelt. Thank you so much for that. So how do um, people get a hold of you to hire you to come in and speak to their schools and their communities? Um, I do have a website, Um You know, you can, you can give me a call. You can, I, I'm the only Jeannie Cisco mess <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Who would have thought? Yeah. That's like saying, exactly. my, name's, my name's Ralph Schnitzelfart, and I think I'm the only one, you know. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, I, I was very blessed that way. And, um, you know, sometimes I was, uh, you know, people would introduce me and they're like, seriously? I'm like, yeah, computers and drugs. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's very it's funny. my last name. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so give so, us some other, some other steps of, of bully-proofing you, bully-proofing me. Perfect. The first thing is to decide that you're valuable. And then every time that bully starts coming in, you know, between your ears, tell it to stop. Have, have some planned responses. Stop. I use clean cut, move down, um, you know, desist, go away, clear, whatever. And then tell yourself that you're valuable. Tell yourself that you're loved because you are. You are loved. I know that sometimes in life it seems like you have no one. Trust me, you do. All you have to do is open your eyes, look around, and ask. We have become a society of individuals. Walk across the street and say, hey, my neighbor, how are you today? I just wanted to say hi. First of all, they're going to look at you like, whoa, who are you? <laughs> you know, we need to get back to that, that community and, and that. I think sometimes people feel like they have to do it all themselves. No, 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 no. You that will help and support you. So first of all, decide who you are. Second of all, make sure you have a response for when those negative voices come in. 
And then third, start taking action on your dreams. It's not something that you just say. Yeah, it starts there. But eventually you have to take action. Is it okay if I share a story from my teaching days? Yes, please. So um, when I was teaching at the Alternative High, I would have students that would come and say, Jeannie, I'm going to graduate this year. I'd say, awesome, that's great. It's taken you five years so far, but this is your year. I can feel it. But the problem was, was they would state that, and then the very next morning, they would sleep in. And so the, the key is taking action and remembering what it is you really want. Do you really want to graduate or do you want to sleep in? Because you can't have both. A lot of times, building your self-esteem, your personal value, as I call it, is doing the hard stuff. And then celebrate. Oh, my gosh, hummingbird steps count, too. If you got up at 9.01 and your goal was 9 o'clock, celebrate. You made it. You're another, another day above ground. Celebrate. We do not celebrate near enough. Walk down the street, put a smile on your face, and say, wow, I love my life. So I have a question as we wind down our time together. What do you think is the quickest solution to self-pity? Is it serving others? Is it finding someone who's less fortunate than you and coming to the rescue? How would you advise us to to slap ourselves in the face, to stop self-pity and stop complaining, stop blaming, and get on with our lives? So that we're not in a mindset to bully others and try to put them down to make us feel better about ourselves. Yes, great question. And all of the above work. Everything you listed work. However, I would add one caveat, and that would be gratitude. (laughs) Because gratitude cannot live in discouragement. And that can start with, I love my life. In fact, we have t-shirts made with that. I love my life. You know, I love the fact that the grass is green and the sky is blue. Yep, it may rain today, but you know what? I'm here, and I am grateful for another day to become the person that I know I can become. Gratitude. I've got a left leg, and I'm happy I can hop around on it. Or, you know, yep, I've got some pain in my shoulder, but that's okay. I've still got a shoulder. There's always something to be grateful for. <laughs> my dad was born up Possum Trot Lane, and and we have quite a bit of family in the Ozarks. And there's a joke that that goes through our family. Now it's not true, but it's a joke. <laughs> you know, your one tooth, and be grateful for your one tooth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and it <laughs> so again, how do we get a hold of you? And your last bit of wisdom: What do you say to parents whose children are being bullied? Aren't you glad? I don't believe that. That is one of the most powerful one-liners you can ever use because it allows your child to know that they have the decision to accept that label that has just been placed on them or to peel it off. The one-liner is, aren't you glad I don't believe that? Anytime your child comes to you and says, Mom, Sally called me or Jimmy called me or whatever, aren't you glad I don't believe that? Powerful, powerful, powerful. Um, and then to get a hold of me, geniesiscometh.com or bullyproofingyou.com. Either one of those will get you to me. Which is the name of your book, and it's the way to get a hold of Jeannie Sisko Meth as a presenter in your community. 
Um, obviously, one of the greatest things that we can have come into our families, come into our lives as parents is to have a friend of one of our children tell our child that we know what we're talking about. It's that third pretty third person cell. So I want to put my yeah. third person cell on Jeannie Cisco Meth. You are such an amazing human being, a veteran, a school teacher, a caring soul who's now dedicated your life to uh, helping the world become a safe place at school, on our playgrounds, and in our families. So thank you so much, Jeannie. We love you. We honor you. I'll have you back on my show. You're a good, good woman, a good, good lady, good soul. Thank you so much, Dan. I really appreciate being here. And I want to let people know that please don't worry about the cost. I have ways to pay for things if your budget does not allow it. Please don't don't not contact me because you're afraid of the cost. I love it. And that's GenieCiscoMeth.com or that's your, your website? Yes. Awesome. Talking to Jeannie about service, about giving to others, leads into my final guest. Before we go to commercial break, don't go anywhere. On September 11th, 2010, that's nine years after that horrific day when uh, we were attacked by terrorists on that beautiful Tuesday morning, a gentleman, a great American, a patriot by the name of Carl Churchill, a combat veteran with 21 years of service as both an enlisted soldier and officer, and his beautiful and amazing wife, Lori Churchill, a military spouse, and both coffee lovers. Together, they opened up Alpha Coffee to help military veterans and their families. How unique is this service before self? And from the start, Carl and Lori wanted to create a different kind of company guided by the principles they lived by. Awesome coffee, get your warrior on, have fun, and give back. I can't wait to interview them. Carl Churchill is on the line, and let's go to commercial break. Don't go anywhere. Dan Clark, VoiceAmerica.com, Influencers Channel. We'll be back in a minute. Hear the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit VoiceAmerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. If you're an event meeting planner like me, you have two ongoing challenges. You can't afford to have a speaker who bombs. And when you do have an amazing speaker, who in the world do you bring into next year's meeting that will top them? Well, you never have to worry again. Book Dan Clark. Dan Clark is one of the most incredible human beings on the planet. He's been named one of the top 10 speakers in the world. He's known for customizing his speech around your meeting theme. So your people leave with benefits that last a lifetime. Here's the number, 1-800-676-1121, or just visit danclark.com. I'm busy, and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. 
Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists using the best, freshest, gluten-free ingredients. The best part is the menu is always new and fresh, just like the food, and it only takes three minutes for me to prepare breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and there's no messy cleanup and no dishes. My family loves the choices and the taste and freshly delivers to my home and my office so I eat healthy all day every day. If you're tired of the same old cardboard delivery and takeout, try out Freshly.com today and save $20 on your first order using coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Your taste buds and your scale will thank you. So save 20 bucks today with coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You're listening to The Art of Significance, featuring your host, Dan Clark. If you want to join in on this week's discussion, give us a call at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop down a line via email to danclark at xmission.com. Now back to the Art of Significance. Here again is Dan Clark. Welcome back. My next guest is is Carl Churchill. Holy cow, man. What a what a cool name. Is, is that a stage name, brother? Come on, Dan Clark. I sound like a cereal <laughs> box. Carl Churchill. Carl Churchill came no, from a family that's, of uh, veterans. That's, that's my given name. I love it. Good for you, man. Good for your parents. Good for your lineage. So Carl came from a family of veterans. How cool is that? His coaches were airborne rangers, and his judo instructor was a Green Beret. All these combat veterans led by example and challenged them to live up to their standards. How cool would that be if we had those in our lives? While serving as a U.S. Army soldier, Carl won an ROTC scholarship, earned his commission, served honorably, and after 21 years of service, retired as a lieutenant colonel. Carl served in positions ranging from squad team leader to platoon leader to LRS company commander to detachment commander, big-time responsibilities. During deployments and overseas tours, Carl saw parts of the world most others don't experience and spent time working with his brothers and sisters in the other military services, the national intelligence community, and the special operations community. Most important to this conversation on this Influencers Channel, my show, The Art of Significance, Achieving the Level Beyond Success. What I want to ask Carl about today, my friends, is what he has done since his retirement to achieve that level beyond success. Carl and his wife recognized the special sacrifice of those serving in harm's way, and they commit a portion of every batch of their coffee that they roast to be sent to deployed troops. As these troops will tell you themselves, there's nothing like a hot cup of awesome to feel the support and love from home. Carl's Coffee for Troops program is an amazing support to warriors far away from their loved ones and their families. Again, from the start, Carl and Lori wanted to create a different kind of company guided by the principles they lived by. Awesome coffee. Get your warrior on. Have fun. Give back. And I would add lead without a title. 
and follow the core values of the United States Air, Fo- Air Force. Listen to me, Freudian slip. Do not track me down and rip my lips off. The core values of the United States Army, loyalty, duty, respect, service before self, honor, integrity, and personal courage. Aren't you impressed I memorized those a long time ago? Let's talk, to, let's, let's talk awesome. to Carl, baby. By the way, well, I no. just want to jump in first and say um, you're a really inspiring writer and speaker, and I'm honored to be on the show. So thank you for that. Well, let's just t- take our interview all the way to the end of the show instead of me coming on at the end as I usually do to kind of do a wrap-up. I want to take us right to the end. So let's get right to it. How did you conceive this idea, and how do you deploy, how do you implement sending coffee to the deployed? This is so amazing. What a great story. Yeah, so... Um you know, my wife and I were sitting around um, drinking coffee and talking about uh, the fact that I had retired uh, three years previously and and feeling like we wanted to do something to give back, that we wanted to give back to the military community and particularly to the boys and girls who were still being deployed downrange back in uh, 2010. And um, so we started talking about it and we said, you know, I said, I deployed so many times and, you know, coffee was life for us when you're working uh, nonstop, you know, 24-7, 365 days, um, you know, you're, you're kind of surviving on coffee. And, uh, and I said, I, you know, I would have loved to have had coffee this good. Um, it, it just, in the mornings, you're, you're getting together with your team, you're getting ready to roll. Um, you know, you're, you're all silently sitting around having a cup of coffee together. And, and then, um, then you start to talk about what the day holds, what we're going to do, what the mission is. And it's just that it's a special time. Um, and so I really, we, we wanted to, to send coffee to troops that reminded them of home, um, that was really high quality and let them know that folks were thinking about them. So, um, you know, we, we decided to start September 11, 2010, uh, with the company, um, and to start selling that high quality coffee online and for every order to send some downrange. Um, the way we do it is, um, there is something called the army postal service, um, in the fleet postal service, uh, Navy and Marines use the fleet postal service, um, army and air force. And then, uh, a lot of the joint and special ops units use the Army Postal Service. And we basically, um, you know, we pay a little bit of a premium to do it, but we send uh, these packages um, with coffee and other goodies. And whenever it's a Utah National Guard unit, we also send cocoa in there because we know there's a few non-coffee drinkers. That's and We don't funny. want them to feel left out. Any marshmallows so, that we need to know about or does that confuse the Postal Service? What's that? I said, do you include marshmallows or does that confuse the postal <laughs> service? No, actually, recently we started, uh, we started partnering with a Vietnam veteran, um, Mark Gillespie from Gillespie Farms. And he had been sending um, trail mix and things like that, snacks down to troops that were deployed. And 
uh, we met at the Sundance Film Festival when a mutual friend was uh, premiering um, a film about uh, World War II, Korean War, and Vietnam veterans. And we, um, and we talked, and I said, listen, you get those packages to us, and we'll send them out with our coffee packages. So um, we are including those and a few other goodies that we send downrange, but no marshmallows. I think those would... Those would probably melt uh, in Afghanistan and uh, and Iraq and um, you know the That's Horn funny. of Africa, all the places that we send coffee to. You know, I've been all those places. I've been downrange eight times, brother. In fact, I was in. I know what you're talking about. What's the What's the capital of Djibouti? Yeah, yeah. Djibouti. You've yeah, been to the I, Horn of Africa. I'm so impressed. This is good. So right. do you yeah, do you, I, do you I, brew your I, own I, coffee um, then? I really honor you going downrange. That's um, it's 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 inspiring that um, that you do that. I appreciate it, Dan. Well, you know what? I want to just I want to make sure our listeners understand something that that just occurs to me talking to you, brother. I cannot wait to meet you person to person and become friends because <clears throat> sorry, what I always tell people remind us all. <clears throat> excuse me is that fishing doesn't have one thing to do with the fish. I love to golf. I'm not good. I lose balls in the ball washer, but I love to go where you have to go to play golf. And what you figured out, Carl, is how not not just to, to give away your coffee, but what I'm hearing you say, and I just feel like I'm connecting with your heart, what you did is you figured out a way to create an environment where the, the, the brothers in arms and the sisters in arms can sit around and have a conversation being reminded about those at home who support them and love them over a cup of, cup of coffee. You've created something so unique. It's not here's some snack food that most of us just keep in our, you know, here's the granola, you know, here's here's the trail mix, and let's get on with the day. You created a, a reason to pause long enough to have a conversation on a cool morning and connect belly to belly, heart to heart, and reminisce on on why we love and support you so much from home. So congratulations. The, uh, the in-between-the-lines messages that you're teaching all of us through this endeavor is pretty incredible, man. I, I, I honor you. I, I think that's so cool. Let me ask you a question. So do you brew your own coffee? Is it your own recipe? Yeah, so we, um, we roast our own coffee. We've created a number of different blends, and you know, part of our uh, mission that you stated was we wanted to have fun, awesome coffee, have fun, get your warrior on, give back, having fun. So our uh, we have a breakfast blend called Dawn Patrol. Um, we have a smooth operator blend, Warrior Select. Um, we have a Kona blend that we call Charlie Don't Surf, um, and uh, Double Barrel Black, Task Force Zulu Organic. Um, and then we've, we've got a victory espresso blend as well. Um, so we, we try to have fun with the names and, um, and with the messages that we send out and we've come up with these different blends for the different, uh, tastes that people like. And we also, um, you know, we, we recently opened up a coffee shop at the mouth of Big Cottonwood Canyon and we, 
brew up the coffee there and serve it, um, try to give as great a service as we, as awesome a service as our coffee is awesome. So um, and we've only been open uh, probably about two and a half months now, but getting tremendous support from the community here locally in Cottonwood Heights and also from the veteran community. Um, and it's just been, uh, you know, again, we're creating a space where people can come together. Um, we always say good things happen over coffee. Um, mm. and, uh, and, and that's just what we're trying to do. I, I, I think you hit the nail on the head, brother. It's, um, it's about people connecting and it's about, um, it's about caring for each other. And I know that's a lot of what you preach and, um, and what you're all about. So I well, know you get it. Yeah. May I make a suggestion? Will you yeah, please absolutely. tell your, your, your amazing wife, Lori, that she needs one more title for one more unique flavor named after you called stud muffin, hunk of burning love for the special <laughs> operations community. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm, Come on, uh, I, I believe in uh, working hard and staying humble. So that's, uh, <laughs> I, I'm not sure that blend's going to make it to the, to the website, but I, I appreciate it. I just, I just see me standing in a line and going, yeah, I'd like one of those stud muffin hunks of burning love <laughs> and, and the conversation that would start because of that. Come on, man. You got to at least consider yeah, I it. I like it. I like it. So tell us about, um, by the way, listeners, um, he's talking about the mouth of Big Cottonwood Canyon, which is in the outskirts of the mountains of Salt Lake City, Utah. For those of you who are outside the state, obviously, most of my listeners are. And that's the, the gateway to some of the world-class ski resorts that we used during the 2002 Winter Olympic Games to blow the minds of the world. Brighton, Solitude, yep. there's some great ski resorts there. And your coffee shop, if I might call it that, is right at the mouth of the canyon. So all of you who come to Utah for the Sundance Film Festival, all of you who come to Utah to take advantage of the greatest snow on earth, you got to make sure you stop in that place. And if you get confused, Google, do we Google awesome coffee? How do we, or alpha coffee, how do we get a hold of you (laughs) so that they know the GPS coordinates to find the shop live and then I want to talk about how we can support you. So how do they find you live when they finally come skiing, which is probably going to be in the next two months because it's starting to turn really cold. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, We're looking forward to another great ski season. Um, yeah, I think if you just uh, Google Alpha Coffee, um, you know, we've got over 50 Google reviews, five-star rating. Um, so we're doing something right. Um we just keep pushing for excellence. We keep giving back. We have a great team of folks, and um, and we love talking to our customers. So come see us when you're in town for sure and support our mission to send more coffee to the troops. So if we, not, if we don't meet you live and in person, how do we support <clears throat> your program, your your coffee for troops program. It's a, it's awesome how we can support you know your warriors far from home, our warriors far from home. How can we get more involved? Yeah, so there's a couple of ways. Um, every order placed at Alpha Coffee. Um, when you place an order, we send the equivalent of a cup of coffee over to uh, deployed troops. And we've got uh, so many guys and gals who are signing up that we've got a long list and. You know, we're doing everything we can to catch up. We we also give people the opportunity to just donate if they would like to towards that so that we can send out 
more above and beyond what we've committed to um, uh, through our order volume. And they can just go to coffeefortroops.org um, and, uh, and, and just look at the site, see what we do. And if you choose to, uh, to donate a little bit, we'd appreciate it. And, uh, boys and girls overseas would appreciate it. And, um, and that's great. Uh, otherwise just, uh, let, let other people know. I mean, the, the more we get the word out, the more we can, um, support folks. And a lot of people don't realize that, we have a lot of people still deployed downrange. Um, that includes our son. Our son is um, part of the 19 Special Forces Group here in the Utah National Guard, and he's currently wow. deployed. And um, so, you know, it's it's come full circle for us. I I did multiple deployments, and our son decided he wanted to serve, and um, now he's he's deployed. So, um, you know, a lot of times it's easy to forget that we still have warriors downrange so absolutely and this is a way for us to like you, you've hit the nail on the head to create an environment where they can sit around over a cup of coffee a cup of hot chocolate and relax long enough to remember how much we love and support them from home so yeah. my first uh, time downrange was in 2005 and I, I spent 16 days spoke 23 times on 12 bases in the US on the USS Harriet Truman aircraft carrier out in the Gulf to over 30,000 of our bravest men and women so I was all over Afghanistan spoke at all four bases in Kuwait all over Iraq so I suppose you can't really tell us where your son is deployed but the Utah National Guard has an amazing reputation international reputation we just suffered some some wounded and Aaron Butler was killed in action KIA and we've honored him as they returned the remains back to Utah and we had a memorial service we cannot forget how significant our military families are and with you on the air as we wind down I just want everyone to remember you in our prayers and to make sure that you remember that every single person in a military family serves, not just the one man or woman in uniform. And so we honor Lori, the military spouse. We honor her sacrifice and her service. And I just want to encourage everyone within the sound of my voice that as we support this actual amazing entrepreneurial company called Alpha Coffee, as we support Carl's Coffee for Troops program, we're also supporting military families and giving uh, of ourselves in every way we possibly can, having not the opportunity to go over belly to belly. I was just over there last July, brother. I spoke in all four bases in Kuwait, you know, and all over Afghanistan, and then out of the horn again, went down to Ethiopia, went to Bahrain, you know, the Seventh Fleet. So I've been around the block a few times. May I ask you and impose on you on the hot seat, my friend, in the last couple of minutes one minute to be to be honest what's the most important message you could give to every one of us who are voters as far as our necessity to support our military and our military families well i think um you know live your life um in a way that honors the sacrifice of those who serve um, and you can do that just by being a great citizen and and um, being a good father or mother, brother, sister, and, um, and you know, just don't forget uh, that we have those that are serving downrange. So. 
You've heard it here on the Influencers Channel, voiceamerica.com. My guest has been Carl Churchill, and I honor you and Lori and your son downrange. And let us thank you, brother. Let us let us uh, let us check off today by looking in the mirror, ladies and gentlemen, and asking ourselves what can we do on a daily basis to serve our fellow men, to take advantage of the wisdom from my other two guests who actually helped us understand that money does not matter. What matters is our freedom and our dreams and our ability to support one another in accomplishing those dreams and turning them into reality. And that none of us would have this opportunity if it wasn't for our brave men and women in a military uniform. I'm so glad you concluded my show, Carl. My best to you. And let's get behind Alpha Coffee. Awesome coffee. Get your warrior on. Have fun. Give back. And let's support Coffee for Troops program. Carl Churchill, we love you. We honor you. Thanks for being on my show, brother. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate it, brother. And we'll look forward to meeting person to person, belly to belly, and I'll come to your shop and have that free cup of hot chocolate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're so bad. Thanks. You have a great day. You too. So this is Dan Clark, voiceamerica.com, the influencers channel. Stay tuned next week, same time, same bad time, same bad channel. And invite your friends to join us as we investigate what matters most and what allows us to get back up and go again through music, through interviews with celebrities, with entrepreneurs, with dancers, with, with, with CEOs, with anyone you can imagine. I love this opportunity to try and make your day different than it would have been had you not tuned in. God bless. And danclark.com will give you free gifts and training if you just join my tribe and keep in touch. Y'all have a good day until next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for being part of the show. Be sure to join Dan Clark next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time for another edition of The Art of Significance on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Remember, you too can achieve the level beyond success.